Hey, Nathan, we have a really fun podcast today because, you know, people always love winners, but you know what they love more? Losers. That's right. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the 2022 cars that are the worst selling. So basically the 23 worst selling cars of last year. Yes. Uh, thanks to a list that was put together by our friends at Jalopnik. That's correct. They just recently put out this article and we wanted to cover these cars in a little bit more detail. Yeah, and uh, tell you kind of why we think that they're, uh, you know, kind of not doing well. And some of these are actually going away. Now you may be wondering. Or already gone. <laughs> already gone. Yeah, you may be wondering why not 2023? Well, because we're not through 2023 yet. No, no, no. We want to get a little bit further through the year before we start talking about the big time losers because things can pick up and change, especially during the summer months. Yes, of course. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, can I do a little bit of a rant? By all means. All right. And I actually took some pictures for this rant. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll show them to you. I'll show them to you, but um, I'll also we'll have the videographer put them up uh, so you can see these and pictures. And I'll try to describe them to those of you who are listening to our podcast. Yes, exactly. So I was driving through downtown Boulder the other day, uh, and as you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a Porsche-file, and I saw these two really crazy colored Porsches uh, driving down Main Street. Mm-hmm. It looks uh, like a 911. That was a Spider. Oh, okay, look yeah. The, the color's pretty crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, that looks... And look at that color. Ooh, it's a copper. Yeah, I think that's a Turbo S. So a Spider, and they, it was a guy and a gal driving them. Okay. Uh, and I thought, wow, you know, a, a Spider and a Turbo S. Mm-hmm. But then I, I noticed something interesting about these, and I, and I kind of zoomed in. You see what's interesting about them? They're Montana plates. Exactly. And you know why they're Montana plates? Because you can get a car and get it to Montana and pay almost nothing on registration insurance. Yeah. Look, I don't know if these people live in, you know, maybe there's an off chance that these two people live in Montana. (laughs) But usually when you see uh, plates from Montana on an expensive car, uh, then the reason for that is uh, because people are living in one state, but... Here, in, let's say Boulder, it's 9% of the fee of the cost of the car to actually pay the taxes on it. So, wow. you know, the Spider that I'm looking at here, that's probably a $250,000 car. So imagine. Quarter million. So you're paying uh, about 20 grand. More than that. Like well, 25 grand. Yeah. Well, 25 would be 10%. Yeah. So you said 9%. Just, just a little bit yeah. under. So, you, so because because that's how much you would pay, and then what you can do is you can go online in Montana in, Mo, uh, in Montana, and actually there are companies that will form a company for you, and then there's just a nominal fee to actually register the car. So in this case, you might be saving as much as twenty five thousand dollars. But the problem with that that I have, uh, and I think it's also illegal, <laughs> is that uh, the money that you're spending to register it here in Colorado goes towards things like the schools. Mm. roads, you know, your local infrastructure. Uh, and uh, I kind of feel like if you can afford a spider, uh, like I say, I don't know, these people driving down the road may have been from Montana. Yeah. But it's odd that you see a lot of exotic cars with plates from Montana. But that money, you know, should be going, I think, to the local infrastructure. And I feel like if you have enough money to afford one of these cars, you probably should have enough money uh, to pay for uh, the local taxes hmm. that benefit the local economy and the local schools and the local people. What do you think? Am, am, I, am I off base? Yeah, completely. Because, <laughs> because rich people like me, uh-huh. yeah. uh, Lobby and Duffy and all of my children and you know, everything else, they go to Ivy League schools that I pay for branches in order to put them in there. 
Yes, we feel that it's just not necessary to have the plebeians and little people have their actual food on a plate or the ability to educate children <laughs> well, or well, job clean air or create a job. <laughs> job creators like you, Nathan, of course. <laughs> yes, of course not. Yeah, I just, obviously, the money belongs in the state where you're registering the vehicle. And if you're cheating, eventually they're going to figure out these loopholes. I think that uh, these types of things are going to kind of evaporate. But the other side of it is I do know people, personally know people who have small car collections. They don't have tons of money. And the reason they have these car collections, they've been saving up all their lives. And in many cases, they're like, it's just so much cheaper to do it this way. It's, it, you know, rather than give my money. And in this case, actually, in Arizona, there's um, relatively inexpensive way to maintain a car collection is to have it in Arizona. Long story there. But yes, out-of-state plates where you're living in the state and you're paying very little to have that car registered and insured and everything else. Yes, I, I, it's, it's not cool, but I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, you're going to save thousands of dollars. Or in this case... Tens or hundreds of I mean, possibly, imagine, depending on how many cars you have. Imagine too, if you know? it's like a Bugatti Chiron and it's like you know two million. I would almost be tempted to to relieve myself on the door handle of a car like that, <laughs> just because it's like you spent millions on this and you can spend your extra X amount just to get it registered in the state. You know, I just I just feel like we should all play by the same rules. I know that that is a, a, an idealistic and probably a stupid. Uh, in the world we live in. But right now, I just kind of feel like what's happening is that there's two sets of rules, especially in America. In America, what was great about America was that we always had one set of rules. But now it feels like that there are definitely two sets of rules that people live by. There's what the rich people live by and the connected people and the politically smart people. And like what the, yeah, Like you. And that's what the rest of us live in. Live by. You know what I mean? I, 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 I do agree. And I, I get that. And we're try not trying to go on a full-on political rant, so no, we're not no, going to go any no. further on this. But the point is, is that um, I do agree that uh, perhaps these people who are getting away with driving remarkably expensive vehicles in a state that they really owe money on that car for, they should pay the state for that money. Because the bottom line is that it goes to mostly good causes and it's going to the state. And so I would, personally speaking, if I were a state of Colorado, I would look at that and go, hmm, I wonder if there's a way to crack down on that and try to look around that loophole and find a way. Well, of, I think it's illegal. I think that's completely illegal. I think we should go to war with Montana. I think Colorado versus <laughs> Montana right now, baby. Look, look, as, as somebody who is, you know, as a company, we've written, like we have a Raptor R, right? Yeah. That was a very expensive Extremely truck. Extremely expensive. And we, you know, we... We wrote a check for what ten thousand dollars to the yeah. state uh, to, to to register that, uh, and and you know for ten thousand dollars you can get a lot of things, but at the same time I feel like that's the cost of you know doing business here in Colorado, and that's the cost that we need to pay, and we have to figure that into our business model. Right. I do wish that for people who are of lower means, let's say they bought a car that was you know under thirty thousand dollars. I really wish that the state of Colorado, just as an example, would cut them a little bit more of a break instead of making it nine percent, drop it down say seven or six percent. That's that's Boulder. I mean, you know, it's based on right. Well, the yeah, state tax Boulder is its own. Tax, yeah, yeah, that's true. But then, yeah. nonetheless, I mean, I, I I paid. I think I paid. 8% or something. So 7 if you live outside, of, it's a little bit less. Yeah, Aurora so, is a lot so, cheaper. So they kind of do that depending mm -hmm. on where you live. Anyway, enough of that. I just thought that was interesting that, you know, you've got these two really cool cars and they both have Montana Pay up, plates. suckers. That's what he's trying to say. Pay up. <laughs> Shame into paying up. And it turns out these, I don't know, these people may live in Montana. Maybe they're visiting Boulder from Montana. Nobody I don't know. Nobody in Montana owns a Porsche 911 convertible. Spider? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Montana, I love you. All right. Uh, so the top 23 worst selling cars. And the reason this is interesting is because 
because um, this kind of shows you the cars that, um, in this first case, number 23, that where the technology is what everybody is rooting for, and this is why I want to do this podcast, mm -hmm. but the reality of the situation is... Nobody's it's, buying it. It's nobody's buying it, right? It's about the market. Yeah. So the tw number 20, what is number 23? Well, uh, number 23... There you go, sorry. That's uh, okay. Is the Toyota Mirai. How many units did it sell? Uh, in 2022, 2,094 units. So as you must be aware, or maybe not, the Mirai is a hydrogen-powered car. Um, and, you know, when we do our podcasts and videos and we highlight electric cars, one of the comments we always get is hydrogen is a solution. And, mm. Toyota, and Toyota has a hydrogen car. So does Hyundai. And so does Hyundai the Nexo, which yeah. actually I think is also on this list. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, uh, but it's not selling. No. And you know one of the reasons why? Why is that? Because you can't put fuel in the thing. You cannot right. actually get – I mean, there are only a few dedicated places where you can actually – put hydrogen into a hydrogen vehicle. So And they're all in California. They're mostly, yeah. I mean, the one that they have here, we're not even allowed to have access to. I think they drew guns or tasers on us <laughs> we when tried. we tried. Yeah, there's one at the, nat at the uh, National Center for... No, a for... Atmospheric uh, No, it's um, NREL, uh, Re Reusable Energy Lab. National Reusable Energy Lab. They Apparently have, not for us, though. Yeah, they have <laughs> a hydrogen station. And when we had the Nexo here, I called them and I said, hey, we'd love to do a video. I'm promoting, you know, this is what they do. They They... Right. Yeah. That's, this is their whole thing. Yeah. Re recycle, reusable energy. Uh, and, you know, we'll give you a lot of publicity. And they said, no hydrogen for you. Yeah, I think they actually cursed at Roman, too. I'm not <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, don't quote me on that. Um, but, but, but the thing is, is that um, and we're, this is a topic definitely for another day, uh, because hydrogen is a remarkable fuel source potential. But for those of you out there who are beating your chest and saying hydrogen will fix it all. It's very expensive to actually move the stuff around. It's very difficult to... Hydrogen leaks out of every little tiny crevice, and it tends to leak upwards. There's a lot of issues with hydrogen. It's not the easiest stuff to handle and make. Well, the Hindenburg. Yeah, so one one blimp blows up. That was years ago. Who cares? Yeah, it wasn't I mean, a blimp, Nathan. A blimp, it was, there was, there was, it was, a, it was a, a dirigible. Yes, there's a difference between a blimp. I'm sorry. Blimps use helium. Yeah, it flew you into your high school prom. I know that. So regardless, <laughs> the point is, is that... It, 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 that's no longer really an issue. The real issue is the fact that it's just very difficult for them to have hydrogen stations. So these vehicles that people bought, I guarantee you a majority of them have three or four cars. I guarantee it. You must, because look, in Cal when we first did like the first generation Nexo and the first Mirai, uh, there was a big push by the Japanese specifically because they don't have a lot of renewable energy on you know in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. So there, and you can create hydrogen, so it's a good solution. So there was a big push to help promote hydrogen, but they ended up only like, I think, building out or having like 50 different stations, and most of them were either in LA or San Francisco, Right. and I think at this point there's even less than 50, uh, and actually they would pay you basically to drive it, because I remember uh, uh, with, it was either the Mariah or the Nexo, they would actually hand you a credit card that was mm -hmm. good for sixteen or $15,000 worth of hydrogen, so you'd buy the car and then you'd get free hydrogen, and yet we, even with all that, they only managed to sell 2,094. So when people comment on our EV videos and they say, there's better technology out there, I'm like, yes, yeah, but, but the free market. You don't have any infrastructure for it, bottom line. Uh, by the way, I want to put one, and, and we're going to go into this once again in the future. I think that hydrogen makes a fantastic power source for an electric station. That is a whole different thing, and that 
may actually work really well with a lot of electric cars that are selling quite a bit. Let me, let me so, tell you something else I recently learned. And, sure. And I, I'm not 100% on this, so I'm going to give it a big grain of salt. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was reading about hydrogen. And in, in, in the videos I've done, I've said that when you use hydrogen in a fuel cell, the uh, only thing that comes out of the tailpipe is water, right? So a yeah. fuel cell takes oxygen. Uh, and um, no, it takes hydrogen and breaks it up into its two components, creates energy, right? So mm-hmm. it breaks it up into oxygen. No, it adds oxygen. I, I always get that mixed up. So it, it adds the, oxygen. But the byproduct is it, water. Yeah, it adds H2O. So it add, takes oxygen, adds it to the hydrogen, right? So you get H2O and you get water. Um, and I thought that's wonderful because all you're doing is, and I did not know this, but I found this out recently, which is also interesting. When you push a fuel cell to its kind of maximum amount, mm-hmm. it has a second byproduct. Did you know that? No. Yeah, it's NOx. Oh, really? Yeah, it puts out like harmful levels of NOx, nitrous oxide. But that's if it's being pushed too hard. Yeah, and so that's why you can't get a lot of horsepower out of fuel cells because when they get very hot, they also lim- they also produce uh, NOx. And as you know, NOx is something that, that is not healthy and is not good, and we try to not to put it into the atmosphere. And I, I know that's, that's about as much as I know about it. i got to do some more research, but I just learned that, and I thought, interesting. So do you know it sold less than the Mirai? What did that? What's the, a, number 22, the Mercedes-Benz SL class only sold 2,027 units in 2022. Now, that could be because it, it's new and it came out, right, it hasn't been out. It may have come out in the middle of 2022. But mm-hmm. the, the reason this is interesting is, uh, and I drove this car, and I really liked it, is because Mercedes has taken a completely different approach, and maybe their approach isn't working, and maybe this is indicative of that, right? So the old SL was kind of the uh, classic Grand Tour. Yes, it was. Right? It was, It was. let's face it, it was a little bit of a stodgy car for guys and gals who loved, like, going to the um, country club because it would fit two golf bags in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had this kind of, like, you know, this is the, the cruiser that I take out to brunch or I take to the golf club. And what Mercedes did with this recent generation was um, R129. That's what we own, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. I don't know why that popped into my head. Uh, what, what they what they did was they made it into a 911 competitor. So they made it into a much more uh, focused and much more worthy sports car and less of a grand tour. And maybe this is indicative of the fact that they took the wrong direction. What do you think? I think Muffy and I don't like the looks very much, Frank. You don't like speaking. The, yeah, the looks are kind of also I awkward. just find it to be irritating it's very round. to look at. I tell my <laughs> servants to go drive it somewhere else so I don't have to look at it outside of my so you think it's second the, bathroom. That, that, that they didn't hit the, hit the design. No, I, actually, I think that Mercedes, the, the, some of their tech is absolutely remarkable. Their interiors are amazing. But I think that a lot of their exteriors are no longer as pretty, frankly, as they used to be. And uh, I think that, actually, I look at the um, SL class and I think to myself, hmm, they could have done better. But that's just my own personal thing. Um, Well, let's look at it. Hold on. Okay, so he's going to look at one. I I brought it out here. I've got a picture of it right here. Mm -hmm. Um, There it is. You just think it's not I don't find that attractive at all. Get that away from my face. (laughs) My goodness, man. I, 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 I... I mean, I drove it. It's, uh, a, it's just it. So there are two doesn't things. Doesn't look like it's forced. Like they like. Oh, we want to make sure that grill is really prominent, and we want to. It looks more like actually a competitor to like the convertible eight series or or six series or something like that from um, or, you know, BMW. You know what I mean? It's kind of got a. I don't know. It it just doesn't look as pleasant to the eye as some of the competitors to me. 
So, so the two things that were unique about it was one, it has this tilting screen. Yeah, you can tilt so that if there's direct sunlight and the top is down, it, it actually tilts. Which on. I wish that all of them would do that. Frankly. And then, and then there's a hidden way to open and close the sunroof. But the obvious way is kind of a pain in the butt. This is what everybody comments on. You got to kind of swipe on the screen. Ugh. Yeah, and I think a lot of people haven't found. And I forget what the hidden way is. There's like you know, there's a button somewhere that you can push. But for the most part, to open and close the roof, you got to swipe on the screen. And I think a lot of people find that off-putting. You know what? I just recently was in that had swiping everywhere. What? Everywhere. I was in the new Volkswagen ID7, which there's a video that we've actually posted on it. A few videos. Yes. And. Almost all of the heating and air conditioning controls are swipe, and there's no haptic feedback either. So you just kind of make a, yeah, you hear something, but you don't feel it. That is a dead end. I hate that because as you're driving, you have to double check your finger location. Now, granted, there are augmented components that will actually read what you're trying to do, and you can verbally say, hey, turn, it, you know, turn up the heat or whatever. But if you have an extremely thick accent that's not German, it may not understand you. So anyway, that, that's just kind of my Definitely an evolutionary dead end when it comes to, I think most people I've talked to, I've read the comments, people hate when you have uh, that kind of control. Yeah. And Tesla, of course, pioneered that. Uh, yeah, but I, I always appreciate, especially for things like HVAC, especially for things like heated seats or cooled seats. I want a, 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 a real something button. that clicks, yep, something exactly. that moves. Yeah, I, I really truly do, and I think a lot of you do too as well. Should we go to? Uh, yeah, it was number twenty one. Number twenty one is an interesting one, and it's it's a it's a one that makes me sad. It takes my happy face and makes it sad, and that's the Hyundai Veloster N, and they sold one thousand nine hundred twenty units in twenty twenty two which is astonishing to me because that car is a relative bargain when it comes to performance. You know, you're, you're bang for the buck. What a fast, great handling car. You've driven a few of them too. Yeah, so once again, another car that's maybe indicative of a trend that we can talk about. Uh, so when I was growing up, you know, the ultimate car that I lusted after was a hot hatch, right? Because yeah. it combined, like the GTI, of course, is, is, the original is a poster child. Yeah, yeah. so it combines the practicality of a family hauler, right? You can put your family in there. You can put a lot of stuff because it's a hatchback. And yet, when you're on that twisty road, it puts a huge smile on your face because you can go and just... Oh, it'll ha handle a lot of muscle cars. Yeah, that's yeah. That's really cool about that. That's them. what's really cool. And they're also affordable. I mm -hmm. mean, they're just... But I maybe the next generation of, of, uh, of drivers... And, you know, are more interested kind of in the left brain technology like a Tesla Model mm. Model Three performance versus actually the, the 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 things that we loved or at least I loved, which were you know hot hatches, souped up family kind of usable cars, uh, and uh, I just I, I mean none of the hot hatches are really like selling right uh, Volkswagen. So Volkswagen stopped actually selling the GTI with a manual, except for in America. Mm -hmm. You can't even get it in Europe with a manual anymore. I don't know how well the Golf R is selling. Honestly, I don't know. But I do know that there are some cars, some new hot hatches, that at least for the next year or two are so going to sell really well. And one of which, of course, is the Toyota Corolla uh, GR. GR. See, but that's the other thing that was surprising. So when I went on that program, I was super excited. And this is not a commentary about the car, because I like the car, even though I have yet to drive it on the road. But what was interesting was that uh, the video didn't really do that well. And usually that's indicative of the fact that there's not that much interest. Yeah, I know. It's a strange thing because of a lot of our viewers and a lot of people tell me, I, you know, I want something fun that is relatively affordable that 
tells me, you know, that, that connects me to the road. Well, here you go. And apparently you can't even sell 2,000 of them in 2022. Yeah, so, it's really surprising. Yeah. And, and it's got, you know, it's got the little button and, and Grim button so you can get a little bit more horsepower. The exhaust sounds fantastic. That that It's a real angry car, but it's, it's a cool angry car. And it's one that you can drive every day. And I did get a little bit of wheel time in one in California, but it wasn't for one of our videos. It was just for some fun and a really cool fan. Thank you again, Drake, for letting me do that, by the way. Great, great car. Really, in my mind, a huge shame that such an unusual, unique, fun car just isn't selling and is gone pretty, pretty much. Well, it was discontinued. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they said goodbye to it, the Veloster. Would oh, you blame them? I mean, and that's the thing. They're, they're like, Here, here's a great car for you guys. Oh, you don't want it? Sorry, bye-bye. There are two more ends, and there's a new one coming. So there's an Ionic uh, 5 end that's coming that yeah. hopefully will replace it, which, of course, will be electric. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, even the three-door concept was really cool. I don't know. I love the car. Uh, people maybe didn't. You know, a lot of people don't realize there's two, with it. two completely different ones because the original one, um, the Veloster was based on the Accent platform, mm. which was a really small, kind of flimsy platform. And then they, this newer one, which has been around for a few years, based on a completely different platform, much stronger, bigger too, and just a great car. Well, there's, there's also the Elantra N and then the Kona N, right? Right, right. right. So they're, they're still... And they, those are still doing. The Kona N is a pretty damn remarkable car too. But well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll you know we'll talk about that. All in right, number twenty, podcast. dude. It's not a big surprise, and I'm actually surprised that there's not more of them on here, and that's the Infiniti Q60, which uh, 1,846 were sold in 2022. Q60 is an older car, really, actually very much older, older bones, uh, still very fast car, fairly comfortable for the uh, front seat uh, occupants, but because they haven't done anything with it in years, it's no surprise that they're just not selling. Yeah, I also think it represents kind of the fact that the that the brand is a little bit lost in the woods right now. Oh, they're very lost in the woods. I, I just drove by it uh, on the highway yesterday because there's one uh, in Frederick. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought to myself, I wonder how they're doing as a dealership selling Infinities. It just seems like right now, Infinity, along with Nissan to some extent, is really struggling to figure Actually, out an identity. Nissan sales are up uh, this year quite a bit. I'm glad to hear but, that. But that's worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And I think here in the United States, Infinity is... They're an example of what happens when you don't combat Genesis right away. Because Genesis came along and absolutely beat the crap out of Infinity, and to a lesser extent took the fight directly to Lexus. And I think that Infinity was left floundering. They have a lot of product, but that product is not selling very well. And at the same time, they're doing things like trying to sell luxury vehicles with turbocharged engines, advanced ones, with CVTs. Now, the Q60 is a more sporty sedan, rear drive bias, much more enjoyable as a driver. I think they're just great driving cars, and they're not that expensive right now. And so maybe perhaps it's something that some of you guys are looking for a rear drive sedan are interested in, maybe, or a wheel drive. All right, so uh, the next one, um, uh, yeah. that's probably the one that I'm the most sad about because I just saw one actually driving to the office this morning. I do like them. Oh, my gosh, are they sexy, Nathan. Yeah. They are so sexy. But once again, this is represents a trend uh, that unfortunately uh, is going away. And what car is that? That is number 19 on our list, which is the Volvo 90 series. They sold 1,821 in 2022. Yeah, so, so there's this thing that happens in design, in my opinion at least, and that is when you take the roof of a car and stretch it out, when you make the roof a lot longer. In other words, when you create a wagon mm -hmm. and then you make it low, sleek, and wide, it just makes it incredibly sexy. Potentially. But, potentially, right. So the long roof cars are always really beautiful in my, in my brain. Uh, but 
um, crossovers and SUVs have completely like crushed station wagons. So, um, you know, the, the, the most classic of all Volvos, of course, is a station wagon. And this V90 uh, is one of the most beautiful, one of the most modern looking. I absolutely it, love it. No yeah. one's buying them. Nobody's buying them. Yeah. And, um, you know, that could be said throughout the United States with uh, station wagons in general, but even large sedans. Not a lot of large sedans are selling very well either here. I mean, they're definitely down quite a bit. And so, once again, that's crossovers. So, so Jalopnik in their story says that that figure represents a 20% increase compared to 2021. So Which maybe, is kind of sad still. Which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. So 20% of like... It's 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 like 400 more units or 350 more units. That's not which very good. Is, which is what Ford sells F-150 in what, like five hours or something? Oh, less than that. I would say about <laughs> uh, yeah, about three minutes. Now the, this next car is actually also very interesting because uh, this is. I'll tell you. Well, you tell the car, and I'll tell you why I think this is interesting. Okay, so number 18 on our list is the Audi A8. They sold 1,000. 593 models in 2022. And the reason I feel it's interesting is because the Germans just keep on pushing these big sedans, right? Yeah. And they're competing like 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 head to head and no one's buying them. And that could be this one or it could be the 7 Series BMW or mm -hmm. it could even be the S-Class. I think once again, that is oh, potentially an evolutionary dead end, at least here in America. Maybe they still sell in other parts of the world. So maybe I'm wrong. About, I don't know how popular these big ass sedans are. They're much more popular in China, so, I can tell you. That. So maybe because people like to ride in the back. Mm -hmm. But here in America, big-ass sedans are, you know, done, cooked, put a fork in them. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're certainly not selling. Now, if you combine the numbers all together, sedans still are selling over a million units here in the United States. But you have to combine them. I'm talking and about premium. Yeah, luxury. premium sedans are just uh, there aren't huge sellers. I got into this argument with this one guy after I did a uh, Lexus. Um, you know, their, their big sedans, in my mind, are... Really cool, classy cars, but this one guy's like, they never sold many, and Mercedes outsells them 10 to 1, and blah, 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 blah. And you call them popular, and they're not. I think that they're popular in, with a certain sect of people still. Obviously, they're selling some. But these numbers, especially from Audi and their A8, which is a very good car, are indicative of where things are going, I think. Not just very good. You know, These are also the technology leaders, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the manufacturers, both Audi, Mercedes, and BMW, put their latest and greatest features into their big sedans, and then they eventually kind of uh, dribble down to the rest of the lineup. Well, there's, there's a very good reason, by the way, that a lot of these big European sedans are just not going to sell very well in the United States, and that's one word, Tesla. If you want to show that you have money, clout, and that you're up with all the tech, Tesla's, I mean, look at their sales numbers. They're doing really well. So but that's even, eating even Tesla, into this. the Model S, well, it's also the oldest of all the. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, you know, and, and for all of you like uh, Japanese fans, the Lexus LC isn't doing much better. L LS, sorry, LS. LS. Yeah, LS. LS. Yeah. Speaking of I LC, the LC and LS, I was getting mixed Yeah, up. that's that's okay. Well, the LS is what I was re referring to yeah. earlier. Um, let's move on uh, because we're still in the German land, which is the BMW Z4. Number 17 on our list. That's correct. I'm still surprised at the building, considering <laughs> how the numbers have been so poor. 1,565 were sold in 2022. Now, just for those of you who do not know, the Z4 is related to the Toyota Supra. They share a lot of components, a lot of components. They're not identical underneath either. They're, they're tuned differently, but they do share a lot. It's got an incredible engine, right? That straight six. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalopnik says that it's rumored to be on the chopping block for 2025. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, once again, th that's another classic car that uh, is... 
not resonating right now, and that's just like the SL, right? Mm -hmm. These uh, two-seater convertibles somehow, unless you're like a 911 where you've got a whole different variant and there's you know maybe a vestigial second row. But for some reason, these two-seater sports cars, Roadsters, are not selling, Nathan. Unless your name is Corvette. Or maybe Miata. Yeah, but the or bottom line is... For all Europeans. Yeah, it's just... And also, once again, it may come down to styling. I, I mean, I don't hate the Z4, but... I certainly liked the second and... Uh, Did you like the Z3 better? Z3 was kind of cool, I thought. Well, oh. first of all, it doesn't have a manual. I think it's only offered yeah, it's automatic. Yeah, which is a shame. Which is which is a shame. Uh, and that's why the Supra was not offered in a manual. At first. At first, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I say, uh, um, out of... Look, I, the styling actually appeals to me when you compare it to the rest of the BMW lineup because, I mean, that's still relatively normal, right? The mm -hmm. schnoz isn't, like, overly... Yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that it doesn't have the beaver teeth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, like, the the the, the, the current um, crossovers and SUVs, oh, my gosh, like the, uh, the uh, what is it, the M, uh, oh, God, what's a big SUV? Oh, you mean their 7 Series SUVs or X7? No, the XM. Sorry, the XM. Have you seen that thing? Have you seen how... Yeah, the, the weird yeah, front end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my thing. gosh, yeah. That's just the teeth. It's like everything. There's like lines intersecting. It's so much... I, yeah. <coughs> I would agree that BMW is another one. Their, it, their side profile, their rear, their interiors are great. I just don't like their front ends, personally speaking. I know some of you BMW people out there already hate me and are burning, you know images of me and whatnot but honestly i do think that bmw could do better they used to build some of the most beautiful cars out there do you remember the z8 i do that was one of the prettiest cars ever produced yes i just beautiful. loved looking at it okay uh let's move on this one's confusing so it's go ahead tell you yeah it's it, number 16 is the land rover lr4 they don't build it yeah, uh, 1,488 sold in 2022. Jalopnik says it was discontinued in 2016, which yeah. it was, which was, you know, replaced. So I don't understand why this is on the list. Yeah, we're just going to skip this one because it's completely like uh, either they, they got it wrong or there's something. Because they're saying uh, that, uh, I mean, the, the, the new, and I know Landover is backwards and forwards, is the, dis is, is the um, uh, disco, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the LR4 was replaced, the nameplate was replaced a by while the Discovery yeah. with that weird kind of so asymmetrical weird license plate. And so I don't know what this is about. I'm guessing that maybe there's some runoff from these old ones and they just rebadged them as newer ones down the line. Anything is possible. But, yeah, it doesn't make much sense on this. Let's not, move not from, on. Not from 2016, dude. That'd be so long ago. Well, they're British. They do what they want. All right. Well, okay, uh, that, so the next one we talked about. Go yes, for it. Yes, briefly, which is one of my favorite cars on the list just looking at it. The Lexus LC, number 15, they sold 1,387 in 2022. We know actually where one of those particular ones went to our friend Moto Man. He actually bought one. And James has one too, my friend James. A beautiful uh, car. Probably uh, the most beautiful car you could buy right now. I, I, I'll go out it and is, say it. It is the most beautiful Japanese car that I've ever seen next to, say, the... Um, to, the, the GT2000, 2000 We just saw it at the other show. Mm -hmm. It was in silver, which wasn't grand, but that Otherwise, red. it was just, it was just I, I, yeah, absolutely gorgeous design. They really, really did a fantastic job on it. And the great GT car, I've driven it, you've driven it. Once again, a two-seater Roadster, though. Mm, well, it kind of doesn't it sort of have like a little... Oh, it does have those little... Those little backseat little, yeah, those for are... For golf clubs. Yeah. Yeah, um, but there's a reason behind or this. Or legless. Actually, uh, Lexus yeah. announced early on when they started building this car that it would be produced in limited numbers. Mm. So that might have something to do with it. And from what I'm hearing, this is the car to buy if you want to hold on to something for five years and sell it at a profit. 
That's what I'm hearing. Is that, is that what Moto Man says? Yeah, that's what I, I, I You know, I looked up the, the values of those. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get the, the, the like, they're now three, they've been out the market for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not, they're not increasing in value. They're like in the 80s, I believe he did, he did pretty well on his. Yeah, he, but, but he, he rotated his in, in six months. I want to say he was during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So all the car prices were wacky. But yeah, they're 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 the kind of car where I keep an eye on them, and I'm waiting for them to get down to like the forty thousand dollar range. Then oh. I'll jump all over it, and that may never happen. Yeah, I, it, that would be one of those cars to retire with. Uh, in, in my in my mind, I just I I love it. I love, it. and I'm not even that big of a convertible fan, An, but I just really think number fourteen. Another speaking roadster. of convertible, yeah. speaking of it, and that is the Jaguar F Type. They sold one thousand three hundred sixty six in twenty twenty two. Probably one of the reasons why we're not going to be seeing very many of them. It's being discontinued um, after twenty twenty four model year. They mm-hmm. just came yeah. out uh, with uh, the like. Uh, special edition, uh, and I drove the latest refresh, uh, and it's the best one yet. What they did was they took a BMW 4.4 twin turbo, mm-hmm. 4.4 liter twin turbo, and, and put it underneath there, and it just howls, Nathan. Uh, my issue with this car has always been that the interior lets it down. The interior is just a little too minimalist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel opulent enough for how much um, the car costs, but it's going to be another one of those cars where, like, if you – Wait ten years or twenty years, it's going to go up in value because it I, is I'm beautiful. I'm pretty sure it would, yeah. is. And you know, they the, the one guy I do know who has uh, an older version of it loves it, absolutely adores it. I hasn't had any problems with it either. So, so the next one is interesting. Yeah, I didn't expect this uh, because you basically went and saw the replacement for it. Technically speaking, yes. Yeah. So, why don't you tell them what it is, and then um, tell me about tell me about the replacement because I'm okay. dying to know. Thirteen is the Volkswagen Arteon. They sold 1,178 in 2022. This is a hatchback sedan, basically. It is a sleek replacement for the Volkswagen CC, amongst others. It's a little bit bigger, I think, than the, um, whatchamacallit, that it replaced. What was the large thing? Passat? Yeah, the Passat that everybody hated. I think it might be a little bit longer, but it, it doesn't really matter. Passat's gone. And this car is just not selling. Uh, it, it, the prices have always been on the higher side. Nice car, beautiful interior. Once again, it's like, like they're competing in a segment that no one buys, which is weird. Nobody here in the United States yeah. buys. Yeah, remember, these are U.S. numbers. Now, um, so you, re- were, you were just in New York That's right. where they, they unveiled the ID7. That is correct. Which is basically this car with an electric motor. Well, it's a lot Two more motors. than that. All right, I tell mean, me about yeah, it. It's, it. It has a proper MEB platform that is has nothing to do with the uh, Arteon. Right, right. right. Uh, but in terms of its overall length and wheelbase and everything else, they're pretty close. Uh, this is, uh, once again, an all-electric vehicle. Definitely a step up from the ID4, both in range and power. Uh, 210 watt, um, or sorry, 210 kilowatt rear drive currently. They are talking all wheel drive later. And with the European cycle, they're getting between 380 and 420 something miles range out of these things. Which we know is generous, though. That is generous, and that won't be the same for the EPA numbers when they bring it here. Uh, so, did you like it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that the interior was one, much, much, much better than the ID4. It seemed like the craftsmanship was a little bit better as well. Nice 15-inch screen inside of it. Has this 
uh, two different levels of massage seats, so they're definitely trying to go to a premium level. I'm afraid that everything I saw, and they did not announce pricing, everything I saw means that this is going to be a relatively premium car. And to me, I'm kind of biting that back of my hand because premium Volkswagens do not sell well in the United States, period. And this is built in Germany. And as far as Volkswagen, they did not announce any plans currently to build it in the United States, meaning that if you wanted to buy one of these, you are not eligible for any of these credits. Now, if you lease it, that's a different story, but that's, once again, a different video. Um, I, I like the proportions of it. I like the way it looks. It's, it's very big. The rear doors are definitely built for China. Ch the Chinese, and I'm not trying to be prejudiced in any way, shape, or form. This is a fact. They love to have a large back seat. That's part of what yeah, the market a, share is over yeah, there. Small, small engine, big back seat. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's exactly what this car has. The rear doors are massive. This vehicle really does feel like it's almost like a slightly smaller than an S-Class. So it's, it's a big car. And the rear boot, yeah, there's plenty of space in there. It is a hatch, even though it looks like it's a sedan. So it's not as typical trunk. Um, unfortunately, Volkswagen didn't have a lot of extra numbers out there, and we're not going to get one of these until uh, sometime in 2024 as a 2025 model. So, the so, Europeans and Chinese are getting theirs very soon. So if you want to see that video, if you want to get a you know much deeper dive, head on over to alltfl.com where mm -hmm. we have all of our videos. Now, uh, I think this is also an interesting and indicative um, car because you put your finger out, Nathan. So I went to see the new Lincoln Nautilus, Yeah, uh, which... Actually, and this is the key, is being now built. The current one was built in America. They're taking the factory where it's being built and converting it along with the Edge was built there as well and converting it to an electric car plant. Uh, and uh, the new one is going to be built in China. And mm. I think, I think mm. we, we have to kind of um, process the fact that the cars that we're getting now, a lot of them are designed and specifically engineered for the Chinese market as opposed to our market. Once upon a time, you know, we sold, we used to sell like 18 million units uh, or 18 million cars and trucks a year. I think this year we're going to be, or last year, I think we were like a 12 million. And China has a lot more people. They sell a lot more cars. And they now are exporting the crap out of their home-built cars. Yeah. And so, you know, we have yet to see Chinese brands. But if you go to Europe, you know, mm -hmm. obviously there are a lot of Chinese brands. Like like they bought MG, obviously, is Chinese. Yeah. Geely uh, bought uh, Volvo. So Volvo is technically owned by the Chinese. Yes, although Volvos are designed and built and almost everything in Sweden. That's, that's, that's a little bit different. Geely is built in China as well. And they're also starting to spread out and have their manufacturing going overseas as well. You, you, know, you know what other iconic British brand is owned by the Chinese? MG, you already said. Uh, Lotus. Lotus, yeah. Lotus, yeah. Uh, with the new Evora, that's also now, you know, used. So I think we have to just get used to the fact here in America that, and Buick is a perfect example of that, right? Mm -hmm. Buick exists because of the Chinese market, not because of the American market. Yeah. And so a lot of the cars that we're going to be getting from now on are going to be more designed and, yes, even built in China. In some cases. And yeah. brought here to America. And I think the Nautilus is a, is a good example of that. Yeah. And there are, by the way, a lot of your vehicles out there, I mean, you may not know this, but you have components in there that were built in China, wiring built in China. Even some of the components that were used to build the components built in China. So it's a worldwide market, and hopefully it'll become having, more metal. Ha having said that, I think there's one other country that is actually aiming to take over the world car domination. Can you guess what country that is, and can you uh, guess why that is? 
Yeah, it's the Czech Republic. It is not the Czech Republic with their Skodas. I wish it were as being Skoda's going to take over the world <laughs> with the with the Kodiak. <laughs> Kodiaks will be in every the superb. Farm. Yes, <laughs> the Felicia. No, you know what it is? It's, it's Hyundai, Korea. Yeah, Korea. Korea is Hyundai and Kia are are throwing because look the the thing about Hyundai is it's this giant conglomerate right yeah, yeah so it's, it's a not huge just, organization. yeah yeah I mean they have you know shipping they have construction they mm-hmm. have heavy equipment and I'm just scratching the tip of the iceberg and those guys you know and and you can see that you can see what they're doing what they've decided I think to do and I've been talking to the journalists about this and I think they're right is if they want to own this market, what they do is they have such unlimited and deep pockets, because they're also into banking, right, mm-hmm. that they just get the very best people. And I'm talking to people like Peter Schreier, yeah. right? Like uh, um, the guy the, uh, the guy from M. Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. But they got a guy. Beerman. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. right. Beerman, yeah. So he does their tuning. And so they, you know, um, Simon, uh, the guy who head of design, uh, um, is also came from uh, Volkswagen, and then... Uh, Sook, they got that guy from the Bentley, other. for crying out loud. They got guys from yeah, Rolls-Royce. from Bentley. Sook, right. Sook is ahead of this. At least, you know, they offer them twice as much as any other car company because they can do that, and they can also lose a huge amount of money. So when you think about it, think about this. GM, right, how many Lyrics have they built and sold? I don't know, because it's tiny. 13? Yeah, same thing. Hummer EV, I think, two this year they've sold so far, right? Whereas... Hyundai and Kia are just cranking out the electric cars left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because they have access to such deep pockets. So even though I think a lot of our cars are going to be designed and engineered from a Chinese point of view, I think if you really want to watch the dark horse in the race, it's the Koreans. I would agree. And speaking of the Koreans, they are number, number 12, 12 on yeah. our list. That's my segue. Good job. Genesis G90. <coughs> Pardon me, guys. So the G90 sold 1,172 units in 2022. Now... The G90, that's their big sedan. That goes directly against the large Lexus LS. And we've driven both of them. I actually like the Lexus a little bit better, personally speaking. But the G90 is still a superb car, standard all-wheel drive, very, very big. Tommy did a great video on it where he does his top five uh, loves and hates on the vehicle. But if you look at the interior quality on that vehicle, you will be hard-pressed to find any European car even remotely close to its price tag that competes with it. So fantastic interior components, limited production because they know that they're not that uh, popular, but nonetheless selling less than 1,200 units here last year, that's not great. That's a very poor number, for, especially for a Hyundai-owned company. So number 11, Nathan, is also unfortunately indicative of a brand that's really struggling. Uh, and there's three cars from that brand on this list. And of mm-hmm. course, it's the Jaguar E-Pace. They sold how many? 1,059 in 2022. Now, explain to us what the EPA is. EPA. English is It's a small crossover. (laughs) It just competes in that premium small crossover segment. Uh, This should be doing so much better than it does, but but you you didn't like it very much. You know, I didn't, not that I don't like it. I don't like the entire segment. So here's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For the price uh, of an E-Pace, you can get uh, RAV uh, for Prime. Prime. And, and I think you're always better in this segment <clears throat> to go for the regular uh, non-premium vehicle as opposed to the premium one. Because the premium one, sorry if I cough. No, no, that's right. That's what I'm on. <coughs> It's very dry today, and it's funny because we're supposed to get rain soon. It's very dry, yeah. So the, the, here's the problem with that segment. The, that, that almost like near luxury segment is not as luxurious as you would think. 
Yeah, I mean, what you're getting are nicer seats, a nicer interior. You tend to get slightly upgraded components. A really good example is Lexus, once again. If you look at, say, their NX, and then you look over at the RAV4 that he just mentioned, the NX is very nice. Yeah, but you're, it, you're exactly right. But the premium that you're paying for it, you're not necessarily getting that much more performance from it. So if you're looking at performance gains, you're not going to get a lot. It's really a question of, do you need to have that nicer interior? And apparently Jaguar uh, fans say no. Well, the problem is you don't even get the nicer interior. Like those small crossovers from the premium brands don't feel as special, right? If you really want the special one, you got to go for the RX mm -hmm. or, you know, the LX. But we're not even talking about it. We're talking about Jaguar and the E-Pace, the big, in my mind, one of the big problems is this is a vehicle that doesn't really share that many components with too many other vehicles. So for Jaguar, it's a bit of a disaster financially. I hear they sell better overseas, I would imagine so, but... It might be like an urban car, but it, it's too it's, small for America. It's just, it just doesn't quite work, nope. and it doesn't, it doesn't price or compete in many ways against a lot of these other guys that we just talked about. But here's the problem. Number 10 is the problem, because it's another Jaguar. It's <laughs> the Jaguar XF. And just, uh, I hope you're sitting down, because they only sold 809 models here in 2022. That's no good. You know, that's one of those cars that I would... Definitely not hesitate to borrow. I, I, I love the XF. I love the XF. It's just a, it's a, you know, that one once again, you know, five series competitor, uh, E class competitor. The problem, I, and I say comparable in terms of its interior comfort, at and least, and maybe better in terms of its like like road um, driving experience. It's such a nice driving car. Such a nice driving car. That's one that if you could, and actually they're very, that's very, I would say very, but they're reliable from a. Uh, from a Jaguar, Jaguar point of view, yeah, yeah. For British cars here <laughs> yeah. in the United States, yeah, no yeah. Lucas Electronics yeah. in that one. I, like an XF, uh, XFR, right? If you can get mm. your hands on one of the older ones, I would not hesitate to buy one of those. And I think they're like used car bargains, but once again, segment that nobody's buying from a brand that everybody's terrified and, of. Well, and they are terrified. I would be scared of one thing if I were to buy one of those used. I mean, hey, it's a classy, fun car, but then it's like, oh, maintenance. Yeah, it's going to be pricey. All right, number nine. Um, <laughs> Go for it. No surprise here. Uh, I'm surprised that Fiat's even on this list um, because it's the Fiat 500X, pretty much their only car, and they sold 463. Yeah, it's, it's in it, 2022. It's, it's you know it's a brother or sister car to the uh, Renegade. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, if you're going to get the segment, you'd probably get the Jeep because you know it. Well, I've did the they sell a lot more Renegades. And, and yeah, and there's like a Jeep dealer everywhere. Or <laughs> yeah. is it, is, did they, they got rid of the 124, right? So, mm -hmm. that, so this might I be the only. I think this is pretty much what they're down last to now. Fiat, yeah. Now, Fiat says they're bringing back some new cars uh, coming up this year, technically next year, uh, including electric vehicles. And if they were smart, my perspective, if Fiat really wanted to survive here in the States, build a bunch of really inexpensive, cool electric vehicles that price under 30 grand, that still give you 200 miles or more of range, go directly up against Mini and some of those other really cool, small electric vehicles. And I think you might save your brand, uh, but where you are right now is just not working. It hasn't been working for years, and it's just like they left the flounder, and they had a really cool car. You know what that was? You know what it was, because you and I drove it together. It's the 500 Abarth. Yeah, yeah. That was a great little car. Yeah, those are really good. So much fun. Uh, you can get those for like anywhere from eight to nine to ten. Yeah, I've seen them going over yeah. around ten right now because they, they had a little bump. But they're just such fun cars. And actually, Fiat 500s, the regular 500s, 
are their most reliable car. And I do know somebody who's about to hit the ticker at 200,000 miles with a, 200 or a 2016 uh, Pop or whatever their base model was. So, and he loves it. So um, just a quick aside, you know how, how we had the XF and we had all these big sedans? Yeah. That, that's a good clue as to why I think Lucid um, had to lay off a bunch of people last week. Because the sedans aren't just doing because, it? Because, yeah, even though it's a great sedan, in, mm -hmm. even though it's electric, why they decided to build the sedan instead of, you know, the Gravity, which is going to be hopefully their, their savior, saving car. But once again... You know, Lucid decided that they were going to try to go for a market that's dying. They didn't charge enough money, darling. They needed to charge <laughs> yeah, even more. If made it, you're saying if they'd made like a quarter million, the people would really be... Oh, they'd flock to it in droves, darling. All yeah, right. Uh, Audi TT is number eight, Nathan. Yeah, only 461 sold in 2022. I thought they were discontinuing it last year, but apparently not. So I guess this year they're going to get rid of it. I don't know. You know, it's a cool car. Uh, once again, it's a segment that is dying on the vine. Uh, we bought the first generation. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it was good to look at. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a great driver. It was basically built on a, on a Volkswagen a Golf platform. Yeah, the, the earlier new Golf. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not great. I, 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 you know, I mean, the, the TT shares a platform with the uh, R, what is it, the um, A3, A3? Yeah, A3. Mm -hmm. A3 RS. If you get the, G, if you get the, they share the same platform. Uh, you can get a five-cylinder turbo, which is incredible, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, much less practical. Yeah, and they've been around a little too long without having any major changes. I think that's part of the issue, too. Right, what's number seven? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're beating a dead cat. I am so sorry, Jaguar. Sorry, Jaguar. Uh, number seven is the Jaguar I-Pace. They sold 439 Dude, I love that car. I yeah. love the I-Pace, and they just, they just did such a bad job in marketing it and promoting it. And, so, and they were early. They were too early. Did they reverse the positives and the negative on that thing, or something like that, or some sort of electrical issue? No, no, no. So no. what? That, they were like you got to ride the wave, right? Yeah. So they came in early with yeah, the electric did. car, uh, cab forward design, interesting styling. It didn't have enough range initially. Uh, it had like two hundred twenty miles of range, and then quietly, which is also you know astounding, they didn't announce this. They, they bumped the range up where I think it's now up to like 250, where it's becoming competitive, right? Mm -hmm. The pr biggest problem with it, it's just too darn expensive, right? You, it's like an $80,000 car uh, that, that's competing with a Model Y, which is like a $50,000 car. That's its biggest problem, is that the minute it came out, it was already going up directly against Tesla. And every single magazine out there, because I read the articles, you went to Europe and actually drove one. I did, yeah. I drove it in Greece. I loved uh, it. Yeah, and it was, um, even though almost every journalist said, hey, the interior is better, it's I more it comfortable. Yes, you can actually kind of take it off-road. It can do these things. All of them would come down to the same conclusion: not as fast as a Tesla, not as good. The range is not as good as a Tesla, and that in itself killed it. And when they increased the range, nobody heard about it. I don't know what what, what these guys at Jaguar are being paid to do for PR because that was an important story, and they should have been putting every journalist they could inside of one of those, saying, "Hey, better range now. Let's get it out to the people." Yeah, because the problem is you've got a perceived premium brand, and I'm talking about Tesla going up against the premium brand Jaguar, but you can't price the car $30,000 more. No, you really can't. And the other thing is, is yes, that... Yes, there are cheaper ones, but in general. The, the bottom line is that the Jaguars, I, I've been inside the interior, I think it's fabulous. Very well put together. Nice car. And they didn't 
use that opportunity to say, hey, okay, we don't quite compete with Tesla, but we, maybe we'll undercut them on price. Maybe we'll undercut them somehow. Or, or even didn't. performance. But it's not. Zero to 60 was like just under five seconds. It's not It's not competitive with no, Tesla. No, a Jaguar should have been three seconds. Yeah. And the other problem with it is I would love to buy one used, but you're not going to get the tax credits. So now that makes it even more expensive as a used vehicle, even though now I think used vehicles are getting tax credits if you buy it from a dealership. But still, uh, it's it, they're, they're like, yeah, they're just... It's, it's, it, it, it's a real shame because they had potential and Jaguar built all these cars that nobody wanted in the United States. They really did. And they the one direction they could have gone if they had shifted their mentality, they didn't go. And it's just a pity because I do like Jaguar. Okay. Um, hey, finally, no more Jaguars on the list, I think. Um, you, you know where they did sell? They sold in Arizona because uh, that autonomous company uses them. Andre did Yeah, that, they, did that video that's probably where all 400 and whatever went. Um, <laughs> yeah, true that. Uh, so the next one on the list, they only sold 408 of these, and that's the Hyundai Nexo. Uh, that's again, hydrogen powered. Right. That's the other hydrogen car, and it is on the list 408. Just a handful of people bought them, and that is no surprise to me whatsoever. So this next one is one that actually I have uh, an insider tip on. Uh, number five, what is it, Nathan? It's one of the, my favorite Audis. It's exactly. the Audi R8. They sold 299 in 2022. So four-wheel drive, supercar. Uh, obviously, it's getting long in the tooth. But here's the thing, right? Mm. The R8 is one of those cars that's about to explode on the used classic car market. Because right now, you can get, I think first year was like 2008, mm -hmm. I want to say. So what is that now? How many years is that? Almost... 14 years, 15 years, something mm -hmm. like that, you can get them for around anywhere from fifty dollars to $60,000 as a used all-wheel drive car with the V8, not with the V10, not with the, you know, not with the Lamborghini V10, but still, dude, to get a, uh, you know, an affordable four-wheel drive Audi supercar for, let's say, $60,000 is pretty incredible. And it's an easy car to drive, despite it being a supercar. Yeah, you can it live is an with easy it. car. It's one of the, it is the first supercar that TFL, as a little company, got uh, to test. Uh, before that, I, maybe we had a Camaro or two or whatever, but we never had anything that was really a supercar. And we got our hands on their, their V8. Remember that? And that was when Roman and I experienced shifting bliss. It had, the, the, it had a gated shifter. That gated shifter, yeah. which was one of the finest shifting components I have ever used. I adored it. Loved that car. And it's, you know, all it takes is like one of them to go some crazy number on bring a trailer or it's a And then they'll all fly up. And then they'll all fly up because people will realize like, holy cow. And the other cool thing about it is it still looks modern. If you look at the current one or if you look at the first generation, they still look good. They and most people can't even tell the difference between yeah, the two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like you see one driving down the road and you're like, that's a new car. And it's a cool looking car too. It's different. And it's... You know, it's just got enough pizzazz to it to where you're looking at it going, oh, that's something unique. Uh, even people who are not supercar fans. And you know what's interesting? The next car on this list competes directly with it. The Acura NSX. That is correct, uh, which is gone now. They sold uh, 298 units in 2022. They, they finally got it right with the S, right? Finally, at the very end. What a shame, because yeah. what an amazing car. Yeah, you know you know what they what they didn't do was, so, so that was the first car. Like the E-Ray is going to follow in its footsteps, right? The Corvette E-Ray, where you've got two electric motors in the front, and then you've got an internal combustion in the back. But what they could have done with it, which, which they didn't do, is they could have been much more aggressive with how they tuned the front two electric motors so that it provided a really unique driving experience. And what well, they it did... It already is. Yeah, it's a they, great driving car. Yeah, but they were, like, very conservative. Like, they should have gone, like... 
you know, they could have used torque vectoring to make those front wheels do all they kinds do. of crazy things. But no, but they, what they did was they tuned it slightly. So I drove it on the track so that it, you know, it pulls you around a corner. Yeah. I would have gone like completely like crazy and made it like, like crab walk. You know, stuff like that. Some, yeah. Something like that, that cool. And they could have done that, and they and they really didn't. Uh, the other problem was the styling and the cost, right? They were $160,000. Mm-hmm. And NSXs were always kind of like the affordable uh, supercar. Yeah, it. I, I think that they did get it right in the end when they made it a lot more bonkers, and they got the styling right. Everything they got right at the very end. But I like the early ones, too. I just absolutely adored this car. It was essentially the same type of tech, that you're using in a McLaren T, uh, P1 or a LaFerrari for, you know, one quarter of the cost. And these cars do have presence. I've seen them in Las Vegas just sitting there in the right place at, you know, these high-end resorts. And it's like, yeah, I'm happy to see it there. I really do think that they're unique and cool. And when people drive them, I usually think of them as you're less pretentious. You're less of a douche than some of the other people out there driving Lamborghinis who don't know how to drive. So, so I'm going to wrap this show up because the last three, I know it's kind of anticlimactic, but the last three cars, the reason they didn't sell is because they were all They're, they're all gone. Yeah, they're, so, they're no longer being built. So I'll go number three, two, number oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So number three is a 370Z, obviously replaced by the new Z. Only 262 sold in 2022. But that was pretty much the last of their inventory. Yeah. What's number two? The Dodge Journey, <laughs> 194 sold in 2022. I thought that little crossover wagony thing was done years ago, but apparently they were still building a few. And apparently there were a total of 48 Toyota Land Cruisers knocking around in 2022 that, that were sold. Obviously, that car was not only discontinued, but the Land Cruiser name went away in the United States, even though it continued on in the rest of the world. Hopefully, it's coming back at some Yeah, point. we're hearing rumors, but nothing confirmed. Yeah, so there you have it. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. I want to know if you think there should be other cars added to this list, like cars that you've heard were selling horribly last year. Definitely add them to the list. And in the near future, we're going to do a new list that we're going to put together for the 2023 cars. And thank you to all our patrons. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. It helps us actually pay for these studios. Yeah, the patron. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, guys. And remember, go to alltfl.com if you want to keep up on all our truck, car, and classic motorcycle EV news. See you guys next time. Cheers. Ciao.